When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to your Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Uh. Meh. Textual healing. So apparently, according to um, fashion, well, actually Vogue, the complicated tank top is the unofficial queer look of 2023. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So... <laughs> You know, Elliot, you know, Elliot, um, before you even tell us what this is, you are setting yourself up for both Brent and I to bring up the era of Elliot only wearing tank tops. <laughs> I, didn't well, I was going to say, I, my, the, my nearest recollection was the era four months ago when Alan bought a $200 Kanye t-shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from Target, mind Not you. Me, Michael, yeah. I will say Michael. Michael. Yeah, um, support Michael on his podcast. So this author, Jose Jose Criales Unzueta for for Vogue wrote about complicated tank tops and said they're a code for queerness, a garment with the cheeky secrecy of an inside joke you like to tell but not explain, and that they've gone mainstream, saying that the signifiers of them are atypical, they're unconventional, they're gender bending. So, mm-hmm. you know, I see something like that and I'm like, this is like, I know nothing about fashion, but this right. is completely made up. <laughs> to me and like arbitrary but he's a fashion writer and so he laid out some groundwork and said the intrinsic queerness of these basically the idea is like these tank tops are there's no one general look for them but you will see a lot of uh queer people at queer cis men wearing these looks by Dolce & Gabbana, Acne Studios, Saint Laurent, Fendi and that they a lot a lot of them have these well I'll say I'll I'll, I'll describe how that was written in the article. Australian designer Dion Lee has been selling diaphanous layered tanks and second second skin tops with biomorphic cutouts for years. Oh, (laughs) my God. At first to make what he couldn't find on the market, sexy tops for men. But now he's selling these as part of a unisex collection, a collection which he called a natural progression to evolve the category and brand language rather than in- intentionally targeting any certain demographic. And I'm just like, I have to, I have to say like, a on one hand, what? On the other hand, I'm like, I get it. Like I've seen, I think I've seen. Oh, you've definitely seen these out. I mean, they really came over here in, in something very similar 
to that. Like just who did? Today, Naomi. So oh. like, I mean, it's it's definitely a queer thing, but that's how most fashion starts, I think, is that's in the queer community yeah. and then it, it goes into the mainstream community. Yeah, that's what the author said and, and said that like you see these tracing back to like 90s Helmut Lang and that it was the look was sort of replaced by something less lusty, a little bit more buttoned up gender gender ambiguity that and that take over, took over menswear. But um, yeah, I mean, it's again, I was like, this has got to be silly. But the part where I'm I have to be like, I, I don't again, I don't know anything I'm talking about is that Nigerian American designer Kingsley but Badek. I'm going to fuck up the name, but Degzian released a, a line of genderless tank tops in 2020 with artfully placed cutouts and asymmetric shoulder straps to put black, queer, feminine, trans people at the forefront of fashion. He calls them the girls, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> Dion Lee, the other designer who I mentioned, said, I would say the tank has evolved from the language of contrasting masculine and feminine codes the tank is seen as an archetype of masculinity and the contrast of an underdesigned bulk purchased basic versus a delicate strap or decorative detail subverts the profile with a feminine language. Then I love the, the follow-up. Also, dancing makes you sweat, so the less you're wearing, the better. <laughs> okay. I could oh. like, it's I have to say, like, fashion theory is fascinating to me because to talk about it is definitely wild. It's it's you know, incredible. Uh, that makes one of us. Um, but don't you think Michael like understands? Oh, completely. Like, sorry, and, I, mean, I think fundamentally, one of the biggest things that I think is needed in the world is taking gender out of fashion and uh, recognizing that clothes don't clothes never were and never should be gendered, and that they don't. <clears throat> You can wear whatever you want and there, there's no rules to what you're wearing. So if you want to wear something with a cutout in the side of your, I mean, you can, and it doesn't make it a boy or a girl tank top. It's just a tank top, just like every other fucking tank top in the history of man and woman was just genderless. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah now I, that said, that said, I agree. I will not be wearing any of these tank tops, but. Um, you won't take so, it off for yourself. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I take my shirt. I just don't look. Um, so th the thing about all of this is, and, and this is certainly coming from someone who is outside the field of fashion. When pe when I hear people write about fashion, I, I just, I can't deal with it because it's so absurd because we're talking about, um, we're talk like when someone writes an article like this, we're talking about like a few hundred thousand people who yeah. are wearing these tanks. If that. And, and look, God love them. And, and that might be worth writing about on a fashion blog or whatever. But it, you're just like, yeah, but that's like the rest of the entire world is continuing to go, continuing to go to LL Bean and flea markets to buy their shirts and men's warehouse to get, you know, four suits for $75 or whatever. And it's just, I don't know. It just feels but so no, silly Brad, sometimes. Think about we... it this way in that, like, because you're very, you actually, uh, you know, of all of our friends are the most specific in terms of your fashion, which then makes you fashionable because mm -hmm. the reason why you, and you're going to say it's because of the way you, you like the way it makes you feel. And it's just sort of, you just like that fit. But the reason why you like fitted clothes actually is a societal thing. It was because somewhere in the mix, 
the 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 whole not skinny jeans but like fitted jeans fitted shirts you probably were attracted to someone probably a man who had a fitted look and you put it on course and you tried it yourself and you have adopted it as what you just wear all the time so the influence of fashion based on that trickling down to where you lived and that man you saw wearing that and then you putting something on that was fitted and you liking it is an indication of the the impact that fashion and fashion writing and the way these things work have on people it's the way it's it, they, it impacts how we dress and how and we just think it is like oh i just feel comfortable in this but no it's because you were influenced to do that well i i can actually tell you and i i certainly hear what you're saying and i agree i can literally tell you the people who influence my fashion because it continues to be the guy i thought was hottest in my high school who i still go to his <laughs> by the way that's why i started wearing gray jeans just one day i'm like oh Brian is wearing gray jeans and he looks oh really good in his jeans. God. No, I mean, I, I, I want, I've never professed to be um, independent in my fashion. I just, uh, I just pursue what I like because it's what I've seen other people wearing that I like, but there are of course certain trends that seem like they'll catch on and then they don't. And I will tell you one that I was glad didn't remember drop crotch pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I, I like fucking I still, hated though. I still love a drop crotch pants. I love. Well, look, I mean, and look, I support you one hundred percent. I did not want those to become like ubiquitous. Oh my! Um, God. But I did. I haven't worn drop crotch pants since a very traumatic experience. I went to Israel for the first time, and <laughs> I lost my luggage for a couple of days in Israel. And the only thing I had was a baggy black shirt and drop crotch black pants, and. Yeah. I wore that for three days straight and it was in the summer of Israel. Like oh, you know, no, yeah. it was excruciating and horrible. So I don't think I've worn <laughs> drop crotch since. Yeah. yeah, I think, but I will say, I mean, I think what's interesting is that as much as I want to giggle at this article talking about diaphanous, you know, cutouts and stuff where I'm like, what? At the same time, the writer's talking about something real. They are talking about something that we, that I certainly noticed, like, a lot of gay guys and gay women wearing crop tops that are tank tops and crop tops that are like unusual or, or look different. And there's a genderlessness that I think, you know, blurs the line between them. But what's really interesting is that they're, they're like, we don't all wear clothes for no, like every single person is wearing some type of garment for some reason. So it can be as utilitarian as possible. My sister can pick out clothes for my two-year-old niece to wear based on many factors. But for herself, there's a reason that she or Brent or I or any of us are going to pick out clothes that we don't even know about. So it really is actually interesting to think about how, why, and where they come into our lives and why, why, like, I don't know why so many women wear like yoga pants. I don't know why so many straight guys wear boxer shorts. Like there's so many, yeah. so interesting yeah. just to think about, but there is a very, very disparate, you know, space between an article that takes it so seriously where it's almost, where it sounds like a joke and, yeah. and the actual discussion about like, yeah, why, why, why are we all wearing, like, I would love to know truly like why, acid acid wash jeans as much as they made some as much as they made some sort of a return you don't see them like you actually saw them in like the 80s 
and I wish you did. <laughs> you want acid wash to come back? I love, love, love oh like my old God. school acid wash. The real thing, oh. like in the 80s, like wow. like kids on the block. Yeah. You are showing your Long Island roots. <laughs> yeah. oh, for real. Yeah, I think we're going to end it right there. But, you know, before <laughs> we end it, Brent, we forgot to do something to tell people to join our Patreon. Join Patreon. our Patreon. Making it worse. Patreon.com slash or making it worse. It's basically Patreon. us complaining unhinged. <laughs> Not even joking. We are here today with writer, comedian, actor, all of the things, Anna Reisman. Hello, Anna. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you all for of doing the things. It. Okay. Yeah. Striker. She's a striker now. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. You're also just. I mean, also a master impressionist, and but <laughs> yeah. not just like you're not just a like you're not just a mimic. You add your own twist and make and your material is so funny and the. For me, like my personal favorite is your Ilaria Baldwin. Oh my God, oh my I was God. gonna ask about that. I was gonna ask about that. I am obsessed with re-watching YouTube videos of Hilaria Baldwin. <laughs> or Hilaria. Let's, just, let's just call about her by her real name, Hillary, Hillary. Baldwin. Hillary Thomas, yes. <laughs> Gracias, you guys. Thank what? you for supporting my career. <laughs> Please tell me your <laughs> thoughts on Hilaria Baldwin. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her. I think she's just like, if if only we all had the confidence to just go outside and be Spanish every day. Like it's, right. you know, <laughs> the fact, here's the thing. I don't know if you guys know about the Reddit. Uh, I'm going to open some some uh, up something for you. Do you know about the Reddit? They they made my videos popular. No, I know. Oh, really? There's a Reddit of like 40,000, I want to say like middle-aged women who absolutely hate her, uh, you know, uh, understandably so for many reasons. And the Reddit is just like nonstop. I've been on, I've seen it and, uh, and it's nonstop. And wow. someone once wrote something that I did read. Uh, I don't know if it was there or somewhere else, but they said that Alec Baldwin did an interview once where he mentioned that he loved like Selma Hayek and Penelope Cruz. And I just could see, I just feel like she like saw that. She like went to NYU too and was like, hold on. I could do that. I could just do yeah. that. And it moves me away. It like on one level, I'm like, well, she's a fucking drag queen. Good for her. Get out there <laughs> yeah. and like sell it. Own the fantasy girl. But on the other hand, I'm like, the immense amount of privilege that this woman has to be able to <laughs> fake Spanish identity and then get on the Today Show and be like Tahoda, how do you say hey, it in English? Cucumber? Cucumber? Yeah. <laughs> I cannot remember, you know, it's just... And she speaks Spanish, I will say that. She speaks Spanish, and that's totally fine. But the fact that her... I love that it was her high school friends, too, that fully outed her, and they were like, yo, she went to school with me outside of Boston. She, like... Yeah. Her family went on vacation in Spain. <laughs> it's truly like a... It is a... A specific type of personality, I'm going to say personality disorder, where you privilege aside, where you actively engage in the world, taking on an ethnicity that is not your own, adopting the like, the like accent, the, the, accent, the machinations. But then when people call you out on it and are like, you are not Spanish when you do everything possible except admit that you're not Spanish, yes. that is a 
How has guess, she responded? You know that is, you know, that is to Alan's point. That is privilege. She leaned in harder. She, leaned she in really harder. did. That is where that yeah. is like that's what makes her a drag queen. Where you're like, you're just you don't stop. She's also like a a baby machine. I've never. I, I'm so confused by how many baby. I've never seen somebody have so many babies in what seemed like less than nine months apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That, well, do you a, think that are you implying that's a ruse? A lot as of well? theories about that too. Yeah. Is there their there theories? No, I think she really had those babies. I think that I mean there's, there's I think a... she had most of them. There is one that has a surrogate that she's talked about because oh, is there she okay. she was pregnant and had a surrogate, so she calls them the not twins. That's like public. She like puts that <laughs> out. Wow. <laughs> so she just wanted all the babies, so she had she could have a baby, but also paid someone to be a surrogate at the same time. Yeah, I think she might have had a miscarriage. It's sick how much I know about. I shouldn't know this much yeah, about right. her. And this, I <laughs> fell into this impression by accident. But <laughs> I yeah. hate that I do it. But I, I love doing it. But no, yeah, she, she, I think had a miscarriage, and so she like had arranged the surrogacy, but then got pregnant. So it's like, oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. So she was All like, right. "Well, fair enough." Oh, it's very... Now, now our listeners I don't, are mad I don't at me know. for bringing that up. I'm sure. No, no, no. You, how could <laughs> you okay. know? Because she has like eight. I think eight yeah. Children. I just seven. And I mean, I'll stop after this because I, I I've thought about it too much. But if she has seven <laughs> kids, I'm sorry, but when push comes to shove, New York is not cheap. And I don't. Alec Baldwin is a successful actor. Oh. But even for, but even for a successful actor, living in New York or wherever, having multiple homes, having eight children. Is mm. so expensive. He got gargantuan yeah. money. Wasn't he a producer even on Thirty Rock? Like that bitch got gargantuan money. Like he knows what. Yeah. No, <laughs> but Elliot's saying, how do you live with seven That's... kids without being a well, multi-million? You do what Alec Baldwin did, and, and you do stupid things on movie sets and shits. Like you become so stressed out that you can't live, <laughs> live your life normally. I don't know. Yeah. They are the fucking craziest couple. <laughs> in the world. I have a story about Alec Baldwin. I was working <laughs> in politics years ago in New York, and I was working for a candidate. And Alec Baldwin called me or called the candidate, I picked up the phone and I was like, oh, he's not here right now. It was Anthony Weiner. He's not here right now. I I can, you know, <laughs> give you a secretary. And he then proceeds to yell at me for like 30 minutes about what he wanted to yell at the candidate about on some issue wow. that he cared about. Mm-hmm. This person has been unhinged for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this man, <laughs> Calls his daughter a pig. I'm sorry. This man, these these two are perfect for each other because they're crazy. Yeah. They're crazy. <laughs> anyway, and, uh, I have to crazy. ask you. I have to ask you. So, like, because people who do impressions just blow me away because it's so far from anything that I I feel like I can do. Like, how do you figure out what you want to do and how you do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I always loved doing it. I don't know, even when I was a kid, like I, that when I was a teenager, I just thought it was like fun. If you could, I probably wasn't good at all. And uh, I still am not, I I make Hilaria a fucking cartoon, but it's fun. And um, I don't know. I I just sort of like, if there's someone I feel like, oh, I, I get their energy. I like them. They're such a random person in this world. Like, you know, I feel like Jennifer Coolidge is someone that I feel like a lot of people can do an impression of because she's so specific and it's so funny. I think everyone who does her, I just, you love it, right? We love her. We love it. I think I gravitate more towards really obscure ones. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I'm like, oh, if I just do this, you know, not everyone's doing it on SNL. Maybe I could do this one or something. 
<laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Steve from Sex and the City and, and just like that. I do Steve. Oh my God. Are you watching? <laughs> yes. Watching the new season? I am. Oh, oh my God. Am I? Hey. Yes. I, I like, I like wait for Thursdays, like must see TV again. <laughs> Same. I mean, I, I still don't understand how they gave Steve dementia last season. <clears throat> and now he's like smart just from working again. <laughs> Like, remembers, <laughs> like literally he is back to being, having a, like a cognitive memory because he did some setups. Like that is oh my God. Weird. It's so this wild. That was such a disaster. It is. He's uh, like hot it. and with it. And he's like, fuck you, Miranda. And everyone, yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And, and, right. Steve and, is and, like, and yet last season he couldn't remember <gasps> yes. her name. I, <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I want to know a little bit. Sorry, crazy I, last season i want to know a little bit more about your podcast you host a podcast called unemployed and uh do you want to tell us a little bit about it sure well unemployed has been on hiatus for a year oh, <laughs> but oh. it was oh so it's fun unemployed. um <laughs> yeah unemployed's unemployed no um can i tell you about my new podcast because i'm yeah, very yes, excited about that Absolutely. i haven't done an episode of in a minute but for what it's worth it was i did a live show in my apartment for two years called the unemployed show where i'd have uh mostly comedians over every thursday in pajamas and we drink and do games and weird shit live on the internet and um and then i turned it into a podcast and i basically just interview people about all their jobs and losing jobs and what they did for money yeah. and their worst yeah. times in life and stuff um it's so fun there are 99 episodes i had a 100th guest booked and he had to reschedule and i never we never did like, a 100th done. guest so Fuck who knows you yeah <laughs> <laughs> which was just so like i was like this feels right to just wait to do 100 in like two years yeah. or something i'll just get like someone major um anyway i have a new podcast called big wigs which is very which i do with my friend andrea who's another impressionist so we do yeah. a lot of voices on the podcast which is very oh, fun and talk about pop culture nonsense yeah. yes um sorry <laughs> Well, tell us also about you. So you did a short film on Snapchat called Owen Wilson Breaks Up with Owen Wilson. Can you talk a little yes. bit about that? Listen to this research you've done. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so impressed. Owen Wilson dating Owen. Yes, that was um my boyfriend when we first started dating that was like his best he he like could do an owen wilson really well mm. and i was like wouldn't it be so funny if like i did an owen wilson also but i'm not good at it and we just like we're both owen wilson impressions because i think owen wilson's another like jennifer coolidge where everyone can kind yeah. of be like wow yeah. wow everyone everyone can do yeah, a wow right. um <laughs> and and i don't know why but i i somehow found this like contest for tribeca film festival like make a video on snap make a movie on snapchat using snapchat only and i was like mm, i could do that i like snapchat like at the time yeah. i was like sending nudes to like whoever yeah. and uh <laughs> right we all experience we all experimented on snapchat right it wasn't just me i was like this no, is I was, so fun it just disappears I was, snapchat. I was definitely on snapchat that sounds like something alan would do yes. yeah of course but owen wilson i have something <laughs> Owen Wilson, I remember once I was in, I was working. He called you too. No, he didn't call me. He didn't call me, but I was working for another job at this point. And I saw Owen Wilson running in the, <laughs> in, in Central Park. And I, we were like doing an AIDS walk event at Central Park. And I was like, I saw him there and I was like, oh my God, Owen Wilson. And he looked at me and he was so angry that I like called him out. <laughs> he was like so angry. And then what did he do the next day? He had that whole like 
depressive episode where he oh right and i felt oh. so guilty that maybe i made him feel <laughs> like he's just a loser in central park with the fat fuck yelling out his name you know what i mean <laughs> i for years thought like i did that you were the you were you tipped him off I yeah him off. yeah he, oh you my were the god straw. this is his you one fan that recognized him oh my god by the state of me you know <laughs> oh what my I mean? god. It's, it's like that's my fan that recognizes me oh my god wait i do need Please. to ask you anna so hq you had a show yeah you had a few talks <laughs> That yes. blow, that blow, I did not know that about you, but that I know about HQ and I'm fascinated <laughs> by it because it was- The trivia app, right? Trivia app, yeah. yeah. That yeah. the rise and the fall of the HQ app. Like what? Well, what did you do on HQ? <laughs> but also like, do you know anything about the fall? Like were, you, yeah. like, were you in on that? You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I hosted the last game of HQ in November, which is- oh not that far it was literally like months ago seven eight months ago yeah. um i'm like i don't know what time what day it is um yeah no hq was it was amazing i mean it changed my life it uh for the last three and a half four years i've been a game show host i it's funny because i auditioned for regular hq trivia which i'm sure you all knew in 2018 yeah. 17 when it went crazy and uh and i thought i killed scott rogowski who was the main host was an old friend and he brought me in and i auditioned and i was like i crushed like he was like i'm doing this thing i don't know what it is this is pre-viral like it was crazy and uh and they didn't call me back they like didn't call me and i was like wait <laughs> i didn't I didn't book. I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> I was so, I was so cocky. I was like, I was so good. And then I saw like, okay, I did see like the girls who did get it. And there were two girls and I was like, oh, I fully dressed wrong for this. I was in like a button down <laughs> and like a blazer. And I was like, I needed to, put, you know, tech is mostly uh, young straight men and uh, yeah, I need to show my tits. Horny weirdos. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so then like literally a year later, they called me and they were like, we're, we're launching our second game. It's called HQ words it's going to basically be the wheel of fortune to our jeopardy do you want to audition and i was like temping at this fucking awful place in midtown and i was like yes and i yeah. went in you know push-up bra white pantsuit olivia pope like scandal <laughs> and i was like i was like either no one's getting this job over me and i got it and i got to originate their second game uh yeah. i worked i've hosted over 500 live shows for them it was crazy wow. it was so i we got to host with celebrities and we got to like it was just such a wild time um the night before my game so we were in beta for maybe six or eight weeks or whatever before where you know we launched to, where we publicly launched to everyone and the night before my show was launching and they had like balloons and you know branded champagne and cupcakes and all this stuff um it was december and the night before it happened my boss died of an overdose so that was sort of the oh. um it was awful it was like in it was it was like it was like in you know it was just it was so unbelievable. We were all at the holiday party on like Friday night. And then this happened like Saturday and we were supposed to launch Sunday. Wow. And it was just like, they took one night off. And then they said the next day they said, we're going up. Colin would want this show to launch today. And I was like, <laughs> like I saw this, it was on TMZ and CNN, you know, it was all. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so awful and dramatic. And, but I, yeah. the show went up. It was like that episode yeah. of girls when like Lena Dunham's book, book editor like dies. And she's like, wait, so like, what, what do you mean? Does the book still, go? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I feel right. awful, right. but I'm also, right. and it was, it was terrible and sad, but I know it was important. So, you know, right. the show went up. So that was sort of, I'd say the start of the, the fall, you know what I mean? It was kind yeah. of just yeah. dramatic <laughs> from 
that point on. What? Wait. What, um, it might... was sad. It was dramatic. Yeah. Was this an accidental OD? Because there, there's different types of ODs, right? I mean, yeah. or was this like a? Are any ODs intentional though? Like, unless they're super. I mean, I knew. No, I mean, had... like, yeah. All I know is it was like a fent fentanyl experience. Oh, okay. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. just know that, and I knew he had some issues. Like, they told us after. I didn't know him all that well. I had only worked with him like right. six or eight weeks, you know. Right. But the some of the engineers who like worked with him at Twitter and Vine, Vine was their first app. Like, they it was it was really it was wild. It was sad. But yeah. yes, I was there for all the drama because, you know, after he passed away, there was a whole there's a, a whole documentary that just came out. I'm not in it, but uh, it, that there was like there was a fight about who was going to be the CEO. And, yeah. you know, his vision was different from the other guy's vision. And it was it was oh. all drama. It is wild to like, <laughs> think, I mean, because when that app came out, it was huge. I remember, I mean, I would. I tried participating and it just annoyed the fuck out of me because I was just like, everything's moving too fast and there's too many colors. And I'm sorry, this comment, I mean, I like Scott, but I was just like, this is too much. You're too no like snooty for me. I'm done. I can't do it. I need my Jack. You know what I mean? I needed, it was too much. But people yeah. were obsessed with it. Obsessed. It was crazy. I remember when it came out and I was like, we were doing like stand up shows in New York and they were like, we're going to start the show late because everyone wants to play HQ at nine. And I was like, whoa, like, wow. what? Like on a nine o'clock show, they'd be like, we're starting at nine 15. Um, but it's fun. It, it gave me, I gained a skill. It was a, it was a cool yeah. thing to do. Um, you know, the issues I had with it are, I think a lot of people have with any startup or job or whatever. Yeah. It was, you know, yeah. stressful, but hey, you you I got to quit that midtown temping job, so that's really that's really I all did. that matters at the end of the day. Yeah. So when you heard that Pat Sajak was retiring, did your agent start like sending fruit baskets <laughs> to to CBS <laughs> Studios to see if you could? Uh, I mean, you know, usher yeah, your way on? I. I fucking hope so. I don't know. You know, I, I definitely put my name out there on Twitter. I was yeah. like, hey, guys, because I was called the word queen and all the fans were like, the yeah, word for real. queen. Like, for real. It's very funny because, you know, you talked about my impressions. I'm like, I had to post every day. It was part of my contract. I had to like post about the show every day and I hosted every day. So it was like no one knew I did other things. Like I was just, you know, the host of HQ and it was yeah. like a whole I'm like, wow, I've really rebranded because people don't even know that part of me anymore. Like if someone like uses it as a credit, people are like, I don't know what HQ is. Like, why are they saying like, oh, you know her from HQ? I'm like, no, they don't anymore. It's like sad yeah, now. That is the interesting thing about almost all fame now. It's, I mean, yeah. it's it way more fleeting than it used to be. Um, and, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm obviously you still followers and fans who, who love you endlessly. But, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I feel like, it's just interesting how every once in a while I'll be like talking to someone and they'll bring up a show, a, whatever, a TV show that was like huge. And you're like, man, when was that? 2012? And you look it up and you're like, no, it was two years ago. It's just like things <laughs> yeah. kind of come and go faster. Were you yeah. like particularly like, I mean, did you consider yourself wordy before hosting this show? Like <laughs> I, would, I would actually like, if I was someone like, uh, I don't know, like the Jeopardy host, well, I'm blanking on his name, help me, the new one. And Alex Trebek. Or Alex Trebek, Alex Trebek is a better example, but like, cause I, I have a feeling Alex Trebek was not that smart. And so like, mm -hmm. I would feel intimidated to host a show and then to be known for being smart when I'm not smart. So then you go out to dinner and someone asks you a smart question and you're just a fucking idiot. Like <laughs> what did- Very you, smart. Alex. Were, I know. I couldn't, well, it's funny because I, I wasn't, I'm not good at trivia. Like, like classically, I'm not good at, you know, don't put me on your trivia team. And it's funny because I hosted, we didn't have words all of the pandemic. So I did host trivia and I was like, now she's a trivia nerd. You get it together. 
but right. I I was always better at like, like word puzzles than trivia. So I felt justified in like, okay, I could handle this. And it was sort of like, you know, I would come up with these hints or whatever, like, and then they would have to fill in the the words. I don't know. I I pretended to be smart. I think there were a couple of games, you'll yeah. love this though, like that were theme we'd have a lot of theme games. And oh my God, I never I never watched, okay, don't hate me, but I've never watched or read Harry Potter. It's like kind of my kink. I love it that I've never, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I've never, I was like, oh, I've never read these, but I did have a sex dream once about Daniel Radcliffe, but that's a whole other story. Mm, But like, very big ball. I I saw him in Equus on Broadway and I was so, I was in the second row and I was like, oh my God, the largest I've ever seen on a man. Wow. It's the first time we're hearing this for some reason. Anyway, go ahead. Wow. Um, no, so I had to do Harry Potter themed like words shows. And those were very scary for me because I knew the like crazy fans were like playing and, you know, I would like dress up Intense. as a character even. And I'd have to say all these <laughs> names and stuff. And like sometimes in the chat, yeah, they'd be like, Anna's literally never read a Harry Potter book in her life. Like listen to how she pronounced that. <laughs> and I'm like, same with Game of Dumbledore. Thrones. Oh my God, I was like, yeah. I'm going to die. Nope. I was like, I'm going to die with this Game of Thrones. With, I had to say every like cast members, every every character's name. And I was like, oh, they're going to know. I don't watch Game of Thrones. I, I can tell you, there's like a whole school of things. I mean, I've read some Harry Potter and I have nothing against it. But like Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. Like there's all, there's just these entities. I have, it just, it's one ear out the other. I have yes. absolutely no interest in whatsoever. And it's it's unfortunate, but it's like, you're just not going to get me on that, you know? It's so true. That's how it is for me. I tried Game of Thrones so many times. Like, I saw that first wintry episode like 10 times because so I was trying to, so like, boring. impress someone I was, like, hooking up with. I'm like, yeah, I love I love that show. I fell asleep four nights in a row yeah, trying right, to get through right. it. <laughs> I tried Game of Thrones twice, and I just couldn't do it. I, and oh my I love God, dragons. you are my people. I love medieval. <laughs> I love medieval shit. I just could not do it. It's, yeah, it's just same. It's well, I'll, I'll even say, you know, I'll say too that I think I said this at some point that there was that show Mayor of Winningham with, oh, yeah. uh, with Kate Winslet. And I just saw like a very generic poster for it or billboard around LA with her face up close. And I literally was like, this sounds so boring. Like I just, <laughs> in my head, because her name was Mayor. I thought it was like Mayor of Winningham, like like it was an like old like period oh piece. I was like, it's so boring. And then I find out it takes place in Philly. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, outside, I'm outside. in. It's Wait, like Mayor of East Town. Yeah, East Town, Elliot. Yeah, Mayor of Mayor... Will- Winningham or something. I literally thought I was like, I was like, oh my god, does she go oh, to a new she... town in season? Two? <laughs> is, this, is this season two? I don't know what's happening. Mayor of Winningham. Mayor of Winningham. You made you Mayor made Winning. it a BBC original. Yeah, you made it like a BBC. <laughs> Hold on, oh my god. Hold on. So obsessed. Mayor Mayor Winningham is like an actress from the 80s 80s, she was part of the rat pack or the brat pack yeah she and also an oscar nominee for the film georgia (laughs) but i thought it was gonna be boring because it was like whatever like you're the voice basic name yes instead they have the whole snl (laughs) spoof of like mayor of easttown being like my daughter in the water with the water (laughs) I hey, listen, it. she made a Philly accent hot. That was like a big win for us yeah, Philadelphia people. I love the accent tonight. Oh, it was a great show. I hate great? it. I hate the accent. You do? It was a great show. Oh. Yeah. 
I love it. It's so Fam- bad. Family Wooder. It's it's my favorite. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Anna, this was so much fun chatting with so you. So fun. Where can yeah. people follow you on the internet and challenge you about Harry Potter stuff? Please do. Uh, it's just at Anna Roisman everywhere, wherever you choose to go. You know, TikTok. <laughs> you don't Friends. stop. Oh my God, you pulled the Rosie O'Donnell. Don't, don't. TikTok. <laughs> Bye, all. TikTok. Uh-huh. <laughs> and another thing. So Alan wouldn't know anything about this because he's, quote, madly in love with his, quote, partner of, quote, many years. <laughs> but I'm starting to worry a little bit about deep fakes on Shocker. dating apps. You're worried about a deep fake <laughs> social media thing. Shocker. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Um, so. Now, when I say deep fakes, I don't mean photos that are photoshopped or tweaked here and there. I mean photos that are derived from reality but are artificially manufactured. Now, I've stumbled across just a few on Grindr at this point over the last couple of weeks that were good enough that I had to look at them for several minutes to determine whether they were a real person or not. Um, it's a little confusing, but it was one of the pictures um, I one of the profiles had a series of pictures, and this is why it's so strange. Um, a couple of the pictures seemed completely authentic, and then there was a third picture of the person in a setting that was clearly fake, and the person was also like AI, mm. like simulated. So, but it, again, it was it required me to look at it closely enough to be like, what the hell is going on? And all of that is to say it was just a weird experience. And I I, I kind of thought to myself, look, if, if the fakes are decent right now, they'll be insanely good in two or five years. Yeah. So what does that do to you, Elliot? And then, of course, we'll get Alan's take on this. Um, but what does that do to you thinking like maybe the, the hardest challenge in five years will be determining or in a couple of years will be determining whether we're even talking to a real person or not? Um, doesn't do much because I already feel. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, right? Right. I feel like I'm. I, I when I go on the dating apps, I, I do feel like I'm. It's very depress. It's very depressing to me. I just feel like I see and hear so many of the same things, the same photos, the same poses, the same like bite-sized conversational things, the same choices. It's right. very strange to me. But obviously, I mean, it would be very creepy and and weird to see people take on like an AI version of themselves. But at this right. point, I don't, as much as I was like confused when you explained it to me and then you showed me that picture and I was like, Oh yeah, that's definitely AI. Mm-hmm. We already have like one of our, one of our friends um, is just, she's, she's a straight cis um, girl. But during like a few years ago, she started doing so much, face tune on herself on instagram mm-hmm. that our, our our mutual friend brandy started telling her she was she looked like sailor moon <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was like such a good descriptor where it was like she didn't seem to think that it that it looked unrealistic but like at a certain point it, it was just crazy like like uh, yeah it just looked like That's her the interesting thing though is the detachment from your own reality into thinking that the face tune in which you're putting onto your face is passable. Right. That, that detached from what you actually look like, that you think the thing you're presenting in the face tune and not in a comical way 
is legitimate. And that to me is what's I think more interesting. The deep fake, yeah. I've heard of the deep fake and people using the deep fake for lots of different things. There was this thing a couple of weeks ago where they had an AI generated headshots sort of thing that you could do and it it presented and it was wildly racist because like, you know, I, I had a, a friend who's Asian, he did it as a joke and he was like, what have they done to my eyes? Like they oh, fucked up no, his no, eyes no. and all kinds of things. And mm. so it is a thing. It is a very much a thing that's happening right now, which is why I think, and I'm going to go back to my old sort of dating 101 thing. You get the nudes early because you can't deep fake a nude. <laughs> you, really, you really can't deep fake a good How nude. early are you going to get these nudes? And yeah. We're talking, like, you're, it's like, hello, how are you, dick? Like that, uh, it, it should be because then you're going to be able to separate the deep fake from the deep dick. You know what you I mean? You know, one of the weirdest things, so, uh, sort of a, probably along the lines of what you're talking about, Alan, about maybe six, eight months ago, everyone who uses social media at all will, will recognize this. Oh, yeah. There was this huge flurry of people who, uh, you know, you could pay a few bucks and get some AI generated photos yeah. of yourself. And everyone obviously knew they were clearly AI, but they were like better looking versions of yourself. And I, it was strange because I stumbled across profiles of, of, we'll put influencers in quotes who were objectively very, very hot, you know, just people who in have tens life. of thousands of followers who, who, because they look hot and they're always shirtless and working out who, who did that, who paid the money to get those AI generated images. And it was just so bizarre. Cause you're like, you already look hot. Well, but that's what the thing. that it's company great. was doing was they were trying to get me to pay money to see what I could, would look like hot. Yeah, I get that. But also, too, there's a the social trend of whatever's trending to being a part of, of it. That's a big part of it. But also, too, there is the curiosity. I mean, I remember there was some like art one that happened and I put or I didn't put, but my friend Godoy put so many um, like Sadie pictures in there and like brought back all these ridiculous AI generated Sadie art pictures and they're stupid and funny. And it's the curiosity yeah. of it. It doesn't matter how you aesthetically look as the basis for what you want to see. You just want to see like what it, what it pushes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, yeah. to the deep fake of dating. One of the things that I was thinking was like the, the whole concept of, people using pictures that don't actually ado adequately represent them right then and there is not new. I mean, the, yeah, that's like, true. Right. It around for years and years and years in terms of just people just posting old pictures or people just whatever. I mean, you could essentially say that's a deep fake too. And, yeah. and we've had to weed through it in that way. So I don't think it's too different, but I do think it's scary because, you know, they are getting better and better and better. And it's like, how yeah. do you tell the difference? Again, get the dick. Get the dick. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? Believe it or not, I've been wearing diaphanous layered tanks and second skin tops with biomorphic cutouts for years. <laughs> My aunt... <laughs> I love that you looked it up. Looked it up. Uh, my aunt Joanne would say, "You know why they wear complicated tank tops? Israel." <laughs> How about Aunt Joanne? Aunt Anne. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, I know. My aunt Anne would say, "I've been wearing complicated tank tops for years. These flabby arms. I'm ready to fly right out of here." Yeah, that's good. So Adam, good. Love Adam, Aunt Anne. Hello.
Love Aunt Anne. I ha- I actually did have not Aunt Anne, but another aunt who would come into the house during the summer and be like, it's so hot. And she'd just flap her arm. Left That's her. so I love cute. It. I love they that. They grab my grandma's. Ah! <laughs> yes. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. You can find Alan at Instagram uh, at H. Alan oh, Scott. Alan. You can find me <laughs> on Instagram at Mr. Brent Sullivan. And you can find Elliot at onlyfans.com slash impaled by footlongs. <laughs> it's a subway one. Eat fresh. 